good morning. It is um, March 15th, 2022. It's like 5 o'clock in the morning or something. You know, we go through our lives thinking that we have all the time in the world for whatever we want to do or need to do or things we want to see, the places we want to go, to fall in love, to have kids, to raise our children, to watch them grow up. It's not always the case though, is it? Sometimes we don't get the privilege to live to see our children have children and their children have children. Sometimes we don't get to see them graduate high school or get married, graduate college. Sometimes life just isn't fair. This podcast is a private one. But I'm hoping that my children, someone else's children, will be able to take something from it. When I got my diagnosis, my children and my guy, the love of my life, we were absolutely heartbroken and we still are that's not going to go away. It's, it's just part of this process. So I started trying to figure out what needed to be done logistically to make sure they were taken care of and to prepare them for what was to come. You know, a dad raising nine children by himself, working, taking care of the home, doing all of these things. I, uh, my, my first, my first go-to was to fix everything beforehand, you know, make sure there was someone to help him with meals, make sure there was someone that could come in and help him with the housekeeping because he's going to need it instructions for dentists and school tuitions, uh, robotics requirements, whatever, whatever they needed logistically was my first thought. I, I need to make sure everybody's good. I need to make sure everyone is taken care of. But then I realized that these things are the low hanging fruit easy to solve but relatively unimportant problems of the mundane I guess I realized that I would have failed them greatly as a mother and uh, if I didn't try to ease their pain from the loss that they're going to suffer. 
I didn't at least attempt to address what will likely be the greatest question of their their young lives. You know, they're they're always going to be The, the kids whose mother died of cancer. Uh, people are going to look at them with a combination of sympathy and pity, which they will no doubt resent, even if people mean well. It just the fact of their mother dying will will be woven into the fabric of their lives like a glaring stain on an otherwise pristine tableau. Does that make sense? They're going to ask, as they look around at all the other people who still have their parents or their mother, because they still have their dad, why did their mother have to get sick? They're going to ask this question. It's... It's not fair. They're going to cry. They're going to want to... They're going to want me there to hug them when their friends are mean. They're going to look for me whenever they want their ears pierced. Hopi and Zoe. To sit in the front row cheering for them for whatever event they have going on to help them get dressed on their wedding day to be the annoying mom that insists on another picture of the college graduate to take their newborn baby from their arms so they can sleep and every time they look for me it's going to hurt all over again and they're going to wonder why I don't know if my words could ever ease the pain they're going to, they're undoubtedly going to be in, but I would be remiss if I didn't try. My uh, seventh grade history teacher, Mrs. Anderson, a fatty old eccentric, but a phenomenal teacher, used to rebut our teenage protests of, that's not fair. You know, when she'd spring a pop quiz on us or when we played what was called the unfair trivia game with with Life is Not Fair, get used to it. Somehow we grow up thinking that there should be fairness, that people should be treated fairly, that there should be equality of treatment as well as opportunity. Uh, The expectation must be derived from growing up in a rich country where the rule of law is so firmly entrenched. Even at uh, even at the early age of four and five, I remember Rory and Mackenzie screaming about fairness as if it were some fundamental right. As in, it wasn't fair that Mackenzie got to go watch whatever new movie was with her aunts, and Rory didn't get to go. So perhaps those expectations of fairness and or, uh, 
and equality are maybe hardwired into the human psyche and our moral compass, I'm not sure. What I do know for sure is that Mrs. Anderson was absolutely right. Life is not fair. And you would be foolish to expect fairness, at least when it comes to matters of life and death, matters outside the scope of the law, matters that cannot be engineered or manipulated by human effort, Uh, matters that are distinctly the domain of God or luck or fate or some other unknowable, incomprehensible force. You know, it's... Um, when I was growing up, my life was, my childhood was awful. It just, it was awful. And people looked at me with pity too, which I loathed. I was denied opportunities. You know, in in my life, I was always the scorekeeper, never played in the games during PE, metaphorically speaking. Uh, well, my sweet babies, I don't have the answer to the question of why, at least not now and not in this lifetime, but I do know that there is incredible value in pain and suffering. If you allow yourself to experience it, to cry, to feel sorrow and grief, and to just hurt, walk through the fire, and you're going to emerge on the other side whole and stronger, I promise. You will ultimately find truth and beauty and wisdom and peace. I'm driving, so I don't have, I'm just shooting from the hip here, so forgive me if I have to stop and collect myself. You're going to understand that nothing lasts forever. We have to, as humans, we have to understand that, and we have to know that, you know, pain or joy, it doesn't last forever. You're going to understand that joy cannot exist without sadness. Relief cannot exist without pain. Compassion cannot exist without cruelty. Courage cannot exist without fear. Hope cannot exist without despair. Wisdom cannot exist without suffering. Gratitude cannot exist without deprivation. Paradoxes abound in this life. Life becomes an exercise in navigating within them. Everything that I experienced in my life, all of the ugly, all of the bad, It made me more ambitious. It made me more resourceful. Uh, It forced me to seek knowledge, to 
improved my intelligence. It taught me to ask for help, to not be ashamed of shortcomings in my life. It forced me to be honest with myself and my limitations and eventually just be honest with everybody around me. It taught me strength and resilience. You are going to be deprived of a mother. And as a mother, I wish I could protect you from this pain, but also as your mother. I want you to feel the pain, to live it, to embrace it, and learn from it. Be stronger people because of it. You're going to know that you carry my strength inside you always. Be compassionate people. Empathize with those who suffer around you. Rejoice in life and all of its beauty because of it. Live with special zest and zeal for me. Be grateful in a way that only someone who has lost their mother so early can. In your understanding of the precariousness and preciousness of life, this is my challenge to you, my sweet babies. Rory, Mackenzie, Summer, Hope, Dominic, Madeline, Zoe, Luke. Be grateful in a way that only someone who has experienced this kind of pain can be. Now I'm getting repetitive because I'm losing my focus here. Take an ugly tragedy and try to transform it into a source of beauty, love, strength, courage, and wisdom. Uh, A lot of people are going to disagree with me leaving this for you. It's okay. I've always believed, always, even when I was a little girl crying in my bed, that our purpose in this life is to experience everything we possibly can, to understand as much of the human condition as we can squeeze into one lifetime however long or short that may be. We are here to fill the complex range of emotions that come with being human. And from those experiences, our souls expand and they grow and learn and change. We understand a little more about what it really means to be human. I call it the evolution of the soul. I want you to know that your mother lived an incredible life that was filled 
with more than my fair share of pain and suffering. But at this point in my life, I know that I allowed that pain and suffering to define me, to change me for the better. It has made me who I am, and in turn, it helped me raise you to be who you are and who you are becoming. In the weeks since my diagnosis, I have known love and compassion that I have never known possible from friends and family, from you guys, from your amazing dad and your grandparents. I experienced this for myself, the deepest levels of human caring, which humbled me to my core, and just, it makes me want to be a better person, it just, (laughs) excuse me, I have known mortal fear that was crushing yet I overcame that fear and I found courage. You know, the lessons from my my childhood and the things that happened in my adulthood and Billy Cancer have taught me that uh, to hope. They've taught me to hope. I hope that when you listen to this, you'll understand how it is possible to be changed in a positive way by tragedy, and you'll learn the true value of suffering. The worth of a person's life is not in how long they lived. It isn't. Instead, it's how well that person absorbed the lessons of that lifetime, how well that person came to understand and distill the multiple messy aspects of the human experience, how much they just grasped and lived their life to the fullest of their abilities. I would have chosen to stay with you guys for much, much longer had the choice been mine. But if you can learn from my death, if you accepted my challenge to be better people because of my death, then that will bring my spirit inordinate joy and peace. You're going to feel alone, but please understand that you are never truly alone. It's true that, you know, we walk this life alone because we feel what we feel singularly, goodness, and each of us makes our own choices. But it is possible to reach out and find those like you. 
and in doing so, you're not going to feel so lonely. This is another one of life's paradoxes that you will inevitably learn to navigate. First and foremost, you have each other to lean on, your siblings, and that gives you a bond of blood and common experiences that is like no other. Find solace in one another. Always forgive and love one another. And then there's daddy. And your grandma and your grandpa. And you've got family. You've got Uncle Alice and Uncle Alice and Alice and Uncle Rod. All of whom knew and loved me so well. Who think of you and pray for you and worry about you. All of these people's loving energy surrounds you so that you will never be alone. And lastly, wherever I go, part of me is always going to be with you. My blood flows in you. You have inherited the absolute best parts of me. Even though I won't be here, I will be watching over you always. Uh, Sometimes when you're playing your sports or playing an instrument or reading a book, I close my eyes so I can hear it. Or I close my eyes so I can listen to your voice as you read out loud or listen to the music that you're playing or your voice as you're singing and what I do I'm often overcome with this absolute knowing that whenever you sing whenever you read a book whenever you're playing your instrument the music with its power is going to is going to pull me and I'm going to be right there I'll be sitting right there, pushing you to do it again and again and again. To count, to adjust your elbows, Dominic, to sit properly. And then I'm going to hug you and tell you how great of a job you did. And how very proud I am of you. In those extraordinary and ordinary moments in your life. When you live with a complete passion and commitment it might be while you're standing on top of the mountain marveling at exceptional beauty and filled with pride in your ability to reach the summit or when you hold your baby for the first time or when you're crying because someone or something has broken your heart or maybe when you're miserably pulling an all-nighter for school or work know that your mother once felt as you feel and I am there hugging you and urging you on I promise I'm always going to be there I have often 
dreamed, dreamt that when I die, I will finally know what it will be like to see the world from that perfect, uncynical view, I guess. I want you to know that I'm going to love you and you're probably going to get tired of hearing me say I love you over the next few weeks or months. You're going to get tired of me hugging you. You're going to get tired of me being clingy. Your dad is too. It's going to drive him nuts. But I need you to know that all of that is for you. But it's also for me. I want you to remember this, the smell of my skin the feel of my arms wrapped around you, the sound of my heartbeat. I want you to remember how much I loved you, how proud I was of you in every walk and every aspect of your life, how much I loved your dad. I want you to remember all of those things. Uh, When your time comes, hopefully when you're old and gray and you have lived full lives, all of you, I'll be there waiting for you so that you too will be given what was lost to you. I promise. But in the meantime, live, my darling babies, Live a life worth living. Live thoroughly, completely, thoughtfully, gratefully, courageously, and wisely. Live. I love you all so very much. Forever and ever to infinity through space and time. Never ever forget that. Not ever. I'm going to save this, but I'm not going to post it. Um, And I'll make sure Dad has access to my podcast so that when the time comes and you guys need to hear this, then my voice will be here. And you will be able to listen to it over and over and over and over again. But at some point, I want you to stop listening to it. I want you to let go and to move on. And just know that 
I'm there holding your hand through every challenge, every step, every happy, every heartbreaking moment. I'm going to be right there. I love you all so very much. Caleb, Rory, Mackenzie, Summer, Hope, Dominic, Luke, Maddie, Zoe, Nicholas. I lived my life fighting. And if this disease takes me, I want you to know that I went out fighting. I didn't just give up. I love you, my babies. Always. Always.